This is the show off. It's the collab you didn't know you needed. The unholy union of two powerhouses of Australian media. Pedestrian and the Batuta Advocate. Taking a savage swipe at This Week in Entertainment News. Anything you've missed. And everything you give a shit about. I'm Laura Marcia, the entertainment reporter at Pedestrian. I'm Effie Bateman, lifestyle and entertainment reporter at the Batuta Advocate. And I'm Wendell Hussey, the sports reporter at the Batuta Advocate and the token bloke of this podcast. Today on the show off, we're talking about the Barbie movie premiere and the marketing that the team has done that has blown everyone out of the water. Everyone's loving it. They're not loving it in Vietnam, which we'll talk about as well. There's some stuff to talk about in terms of the cricket, sport, or as you guys call it, reality TV for boys, drama for boys, as well as a famous YouTuber issuing an apology for some poor behaviour that has the internet world in a tiz, and the internet world can get itself in a tiz. So there's plenty to talk about today. Cool. Let's get into it. All right, now, you may be noticing something a little bit different this week. You may not be, but you may be listening to us on a Sunday, as we've just dropped. And for the next month, that's what we're doing. We're mixing it up. We're coming out on Sundays for the next month because we have the show's first official sponsor. This Week Obsession is brought to you by the first official sponsor of the show off, Ben & Jerry's. There we go. About taming the Sunday <laughs> scaries. Now, in the world of media, we got to keep mm. the lights on. We got to keep the cameras rolling. We got to keep the uh, computers charged mm-hmm. up with energy. Energy is going through the roof. So we are very thankful for yeah. Ben and Jerry's for joining the show off. So, guys, Ben and Jerry's are fair trade certified and actually care about the community, which is pretty cool for an ice cream brand. So, every time you pick up a product with the fair trade mark, you're helping small scale farmers and their communities survive and succeed. So, that is a good enough reason to have some cheeky ice cream on a Sunday, if you ask me. Doing it for the farmers, you mm-hmm. know? That's something you can get around. Yeah. You went wrong. Literally, every time I pick up a tub, Mm. Every time. Like Every right time, now? Effie, like right you're now. You're helping out the farmers. Fuck your yeah. broad shoulders. I mean, <laughs> hell yeah. Them. What are you working with there, by the way? It's hazelnut but chocolate, which is <laughs> uh-huh. chocolate hazelnut ice cream with brownie pieces and sea salt chocolatey swirls topped with creamy whipped ice cream, chocolatey hazelnut swirls, and chocolatey chunks. Bit of a mouthful. It, anything in the uh, hazelnut and. The chocolate that captured your attention or caught your eye there, Effie, or <laughs> nothing there? No worries. Laura Marcia, LM, what are you dealing with over there oh, on a I've, Sunday? I've got a non-dairy one, which is great because I'm a lactose-free girly pop. Uh, so I've got Berry Revolutionary, raspberry with sandwich cookies and chocolatey cookie swirls with a soft whipped top, caramel swirls and chocolatey chunks. I feel like that could be edited a little, but it is delicious. <laughs> I'm imp- I'm still very impressed that it can be done without uh, that full fat dairy milk, but milk the almonds. Delicious. I'll get around them. Squeeze them. So as we mentioned this week, we're doing something a little bit different, and our obsession this week is Ben and Jerry's for getting behind our podcast and making it happen. And as a result, we're going to talk about how Ben and Jerry's can help tame the Sunday scaries. And according to a LinkedIn survey, eighty percent of professionals say they experience the Sunday scaries, with over ninety percent of millennials and Gen Z reporting that they feel it. Boomer alert, 90% of millennials and Gen Z feeling something. No way. (laughs) Would you believe it? They're in their feelings. Who'd like to take it away with a Sunday scary? I would. I'm in my feelings. I totally feel this because I feel like I picked the worst career for myself. I am like an inherently an anxious girly. So when I have a interview scheduled for a Monday, I just freak out. 
And like I do it because I got to face my fears. But like I remember when I told my mum I wanted to be a journalist, she was like, Laura, you can't even make a phone call. It's like true. But here we are um, conquering fears. So that's my Sunday scaries and we're overcoming. Nice. I always wonder if mums do that deliberately. Like did she do the sledgehammer as like the <laughs> challenge to you? Like do you know what I mean? Like she's like, no, she doesn't need support here. She needs to be challenged to say she can't do this and she's going to prove me wrong. Yeah, 100%. Al pal is a challenger. She's, yeah. She knows me. And she got you there. What mm. about you, Effie Bateman? You got some Sunday scaries for us? No, I'm exactly the same. I'm very anxious. Yeah. If you look at the skin around my fingers, I've <laughs> picked the shit out of that. Um, I So Sundays for me, I call them my gremlin days. And my friends know if like I'm missing out of action for 12 hours, it's because the, you know, the blinds are drawn down. I'm in my bed. I might be cocooning, might be watching movies, you know, thinking about all the mistakes I've made in life, that love is futile and will evade <laughs> me and that, you know, that I'm going to die alone with multiple cats, but I can't even achieve that dream because the landlord won't allow me to have pets. So Sundays are really a big day for reflection. <laughs> 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 Sounds like it. Yeah. So which is why it spirals there sometimes. Exactly, mm. exactly. 10 p.m. Mm. I feel like that's a witching hour on a Sunday night. I'm oh like, oh, God, it's bad. Yes. It's it's bad. But then, you know, Monday, get to see his lovely face. Mm. And it, That'll it'll do it. <laughs> That'll make him fade away. <laughs> 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 all he yeah. scares them away. Yeah. <laughs> which is why ice cream Ben and Jerry's is excellent for a Sunday scary. Mm. Cheers for that. Cheers to that. Now, first up in our top stories this week, the Barbie movie has come down under for its Australian press tour. Laura Marcia, tell us about it. Well, firstly, hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. Um, Yeah, so the Australian (laughs) press run for the Long Way to Barbie movie happened last week, and it was a really, really big deal. Um, It was quite exclusive for media to get into, so... Firstly, there was the junket, which like, you know, the, the four stars came to Australia, not Mr. Gosling, unfortunately. He mm. has been okay. here a few times in Bondi, too. though. Yeah. yeah, so I'm sure he had enough for Australia. So it was Margot Robbie, Greta Gerwig, Issa Rae and American, America Ferreira, mm. which is an amazing combo. So they came out, they did a press junket um, and select media were invited to ask their questions. And it was at Sydney Bondi Icebergs and they brought out all the stops when it comes to the marketing budget. Did you guys see it? They did the pool, right? They did yeah. the pool. And so that was pretty cool. They all were amazing and looked stunning in their outfits. I personally went and struggled with what I was going to wear because I don't own a lot of pink. That's what you got to wear. So mm. I pulled out a blazer that I had for an Austin Powers costume. It was purple. Nice. I can show you Groovy the baby. It was go fine. down? Compliments? I mean, it was fine. I looked mm. more like a skipper than a Barbie, but like that's <laughs> reported Barbie. That's all right. You made yeah. a splash nonetheless. I got confused about this. I feel mm-hmm. like Margot Robbie... Gold Coast gal, that should have been the Burley Pav. I know Sydney yeah. thinks the world revolves around Sydney and everyone in Sydney is obsessed with Sydney, but there is a world outside Sydney. And, you know, Margot Robbie, she's a great Australian export. She's a Gold Coast gal. Yeah, she is. You know, I know she's Dolby as well and she's, you know, regional Queensland ra- roots mm. too. She's from but, Dolby. Yeah. Mm. There you go. Shout yeah. out to Dolby. But let's get out the Burley Pav or somewhere yeah. like that, you know. I think let's it's make prettier. A thing. I think Burley Pav yeah. is way prettier than I'd argue icebergs. Goldie's much more Barbie. Yeah. Oh, yes. Gold yeah, Coast is so Barbie. Absolutely. It's certainly not a Bondi mm. vibe. No. Unless influencer Barbie's there. Yeah. But yeah, so as you saw, they put the iconic Barbie sticker in the pool. That was stunning. They served up some pink margaritas that I really got amongst. And then they did this appearance at Pitt Street Mall in Westfield. So they just kind of showed up and fans were there and able to win an opportunity to get to meet them. But what I think is really interesting is that, like, from a journalist's perspective – 
it was a three-day affair. So for me to be able to go to the junket and then interview them, mm. I had to go to a screening of the movie, movie, only watch 22 minutes. Like that's all I could see. My phone was in a little envelope. They had That's so specific. <laughs> Don't 22- spoil the plot for the Barbie movie. Right, I saw <laughs> the highly complicated, <laughs> elaborate plot with an incredible amount of twists and turns. Don't spoil well, it. This is the thing. Like I don't think it's actually going to be that twisty and turny. I think it's going to be quite... Like the trailer says it all. What are they hiding by only showing media 22 minutes? I know, but is that part of the marketing scheme, do you reckon? Yeah, true. It has been brilliant marketing. I don't think I've been this excited for a movie in years. Like they are going hard with this. Mm -hmm. Mm. But I do think there is something for everyone. Like, Wendell, are you excited for Barbie? Uh, Yeah, I'll get around it. Um, Mm. I'm not dying for it, you know. I'm more excited about say, the um, reality TV for men that we're going to talk about in the next segment. I'm excited about that. But, look, I'll get around <laughs> I'll get around Barbie. I love Margot. I love Ryan. I'll indulge. I feel like there's something for everyone. I mm-hmm. think you're going to like it more than you think. It's a good one to take the misses to. I, I could reckon. see that, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yes, no, I am intrigued by the secrecy surrounding the plot. Um, and I can't wait until it actually comes out that we can see – what all the hype is about or whether it's just because it's pink and plastic and fantastic and that's what we're keen for. Mm. Sometimes you just need to enjoy things like that. Yeah. Um, Comes out on the same day as Oppenheimer, right? I really want to do the Barbieheimer. (laughs) So the Barbieheimer (laughs) is – and I'm actually really devo because we will be at Splendor, I believe, when Mm. they both come out. And I want to go on the day. There's this really good tweet that says like how – so how you should spend your day watching the Barbie and Oppenheimer. And it's people sing Barbie first. The wild schedule needs to be wake up, black coffee and a cigarette. <laughs> Oppenheimer around 11 because it's three hours. Yeah. And then it's mimosas, brunch, get shit-faced, Barbie around 6 o'clock, 7. Watch that. Dinner, drinks, nightclub. That sounds amazing. I really want to do that. Do you want to meet up at Splendor and do that? Yes, can we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, you can duck out. That sounds like a pretty perfect okay, so day, you hold really. the fort. Yeah, we'll, yeah. you do all the work and we will go do our Barbieheimer. Don't tell my boss. <laughs> Barbieheimer. Barbieheimer. Like you know um, it hasn't gone down well in Vietnam? I haven't heard about this. So it's banned. Barbie mm. will not be allowed to be shown in Vietnam because of a controversial map that appears in the movie. So in the map of the world there is a nine-dash line. And so the nine-dash line is what China puts on maps to basically iterate their claim to the South China Sea. So the South China Sea just below China there, South China, mm-hmm. makes sense, is just a big – it's a big sea down south and various different countries have claims to the waters there. On their maps, China do a nine-dash line, mm-hmm. which basically they say is their area of the South China Sea – Highly disputed. It's been to international courts, back and forth, back and forth. China are continuing to build islands through the South China Sea. They're, you know, harassing aircraft or ships that go through areas that they don't like. I won't go too much Jeez. into it before, um, you know, we end up not being allowed to be shown in Vietnam or China. Because, like, semantics, can't you just, like, edit out that little bit for this? Well, potentially they could. I, it's, I'm not 100% sure what's happened, but Vietnam have said if they're showing that nine-dash line that China claims is their part of the territory, then they're refusing to show it in Vietnam. So they've kicked up a stink. It's not coming in. And you wonder, it has to be deliberate, doesn't it? Why do all oh, Why would you put the nine-dash line on this? Surely someone at some level 
had to know that the nine dash line would burr up either Vietnam, Malaysia, or the Philippines. Yeah, but would be seen favorably in China. Oh, okay. This is ability. Kind oh, of thing. and if you just look at the numbers, mm. no, I get that because it's always. The reason why a lot, a lot of like action movies do really well worldwide is because, um, you know, unlike comedy movies or that can be translated really easily into every language. So there's a huge market in China for watching movies. So action movies will always go gangbusters. But I think, you know, this could be something mm. to be said there that it improves um, people more likely to watch. That's so naughty. That's naughty. I wonder. I mean, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe just not. people didn't give a shit Maybe and they the just map copied and pasted a map and it had the nine <laughs> yeah. dash line on it and no one cleared it up and picked it up. But yeah, I suspect there mm. might have been a deliberate play there to go, that's the larger market. I mean, Let's sure, make the sure marketing has been amazing. So I yeah. wouldn't put it past them. And there's so much scrutiny on this project that I think it would be crazy for them to miss something like that. Mm. So I think you're on the money. Yeah. Well, sorry to my brother who lives in Vietnam because he won't be watching Barbie, but you at uh, Barbieheimer. See you there. Now, moving along, we have got some drama in the world of cricket, the fast-paced, exciting, glitzy and glammy world of cricket. I hope you guys have been indulging and enjoying it. So I am surrounded by blokes in the office, Laura. So it has been a very big week. There has been so much passion and excitement. I've been kind of jealous just hearing all the animated discussions mm. occurring around me. Yeah, I have heard whispers. I know someone in my team, Sweeney, did a hilarious breakdown for the girlies who have no clue what everyone's going crazy about. So I read that and I loved it. And there's this one social video of the Australian team getting yelled at by a bunch of old British men. So I don't know much, but I love what I'm seeing. Okay. All right. There's Yeah, there's a little bit to unpack here. Obviously, we're talking about the Ashes. Um, you guys are aware of the Ashes as a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Ashes is it's uh, basically it's a competition between Australia and England in terms of cricket. So three types of cricket. There's the 2020 cricket, which is over in a couple of hours. There's one-day cricket, which is over in one day. And then there's test match cricket, which goes for five days. That's up Good to like 4am, so right? extremely riveting. Yeah. Well, in England it is because of the time zones here. When they come out here, it's just 10 to 5.30 or 6. But it goes for five days each of these games and we play five games against the English. It's been going on for a long, long time. It's a big deal. It's the biggest thing in cricket, the Ashes. Australia and England going toe-to-toe. They come out here. We go over there every few years. It's a massive deal. Mm-hmm. Obviously, things get pretty heated because the English see themselves as superior to us in every single way, and they really enjoy beating us at cricket. They have beaten us a little bit, but over the course of history, we're better than them, and we beat them more than they beat us. They have reinvented the world of cricket over the last 12 months, as they claim to have done. They say that they're being more aggressive and more attacking because a game can go for five days, right? So it can get bogged down, it can be slow, you can have rain delays. You know, you've got to hang out there in the middle. You don't want to get out. You don't want to throw your wicket away. So sometimes teams can be conservative. These guys over the last 12 months are going out there and they, they claim they're just trying to hit the ball all over the park and they're making test cricket inciting and they're playing this new, wonderful brand of test cricket that everyone loves and everyone gets around and everyone should respect problem is we came over there on home soil on their home soil where it's a lot harder to play on someone else's home turf just because the conditions are different and you're not used to it um we won't get into swing bowling and what happens in overcast (laughs) conditions and all that sort of stuff 
But next time. They're playing on home soil. They should be favourites given they're playing this incredible style of cricket that the whole world should respect because they're English and it's basball and uh, go basball. That's the term for their new style of cricket. Is it like, have you guys seen the movie Basketball? Yes. <laughs> have you seen basketball? No, I haven't actually. Can it be like that, you know, where it, and doing, they're doing the bowling and then somebody could just be like, fuck your mom or yeah. something really. That would be, I, I would watch that cricket. Well, Same. you can't do that because that goes against the spirit of cricket. And that's Ooh. been the crux Ooh, of this whole okay. thing is the spirit of cricket, playing like a gentleman, playing in the right <gasps> way. The English claim to always do it, even though they don't. So anyway, we've gone over there. They're the best team, according to themselves. We beat them in the first test. Pat Cummins, who's potentially the most handsome man in the entire world. Let me see. Um, he's so, so handsome. Well, he um, oh, won uh, us the game in dramatic Pat, style Pat on Cummins. the fifth day of the first test. It was a massive deal. Lots of people were staying up until 3.30am to watch him hit the winning runs. Oh, yeah. He's, he's quite handsome. Go on, show us. Then on, we, we go to the second test at Lords, which mm-hmm. is named after the Lords, which is the home of cricket. And we're playing the English there. They're out for revenge. It comes down to day five. The English are chasing our total. We've got lots of runs on the board. They're chasing and chasing. They're trying to score more runs than us on the last day. And they're looking pretty good. They're making a dent in our total. And I'm starting to get pretty nervous. Everyone's starting to get pretty nervous on the couch. And then what happens is their batsmen, they have two batsmen basically recognised batsmen left. So they've got their bowlers to come in who can't bat very well. They've got the last two guys who are good at batting. That's their job. And one of them basically walks out of his crease before the play is dead. And our wicketkeeper underarms the ball at the stumps and runs him out. So that's not in the spirit of the game. Well, that's what the soap-dodging, yellow-teethed, stinky (laughs) poms are saying. They're saying it's not in the spirit of oh, the game, which is it this is, is it's absolutely sookie. fucking sookie. It's sookie. Because the spirit of the game is a crock of shit that the English use when it suits them. So basically what's happened is everyone has now gone back through after this outroar that we basically took the game from them. The captain was saying he'd never want to win a game like that. The coach was saying he wouldn't want to win a game like that. They're refusing to have beers with the Australians. The billionaire toff British Prime Minister has come out saying he refuses to um, want to win a game like that. He would never want to win a game like that. He wants to see things done equally and fairly, even though I'd say he has never achieved anything equally or fairly or mm-hmm. on his own merit as a billionaire. I would have um, more calloused hands than he does. Yep, I would say I you do. do. So all of these palms are coming out saying all these kinds of things and everyone's going, hang on a second, the coach who has come up with this new style and is you know invoking the spirit of cricket did it multiple times when he was playing, when he was a wicketkeeper. Oh. A guy went to celebrate someone scoring 100 after the play was dead and he ran him out. Um, the wicketkeeper basically tried to do the same thing two days earlier in the same test match. He bragged about saying he would try and do it and he wanted to get people out. More footage has come over the years of all of those guys basically trying to run people out like that. So this whole spirit of cricket thing has been proven to be an it's, absolute... It's schoolyard bullshit. It's ridiculous. It's like it's when you're playing... Sucking. 
when you're playing handball in primary school, <laughs> that's the, exactly as soon as they start losing. That's the sort of stuff that they yeah. end up yeah. saying. The language is ridiculous. It's like what you hear on Love Island when yeah. you tell someone that you're going to pick them at like the choice part and then you pick some other broad. Like yeah. that's not in the spirit of Love Island, just yeah. like this isn't in the spirit of cricket. Yeah. It, people throw it up when it suits them. And yes. yeah. what's happening is the English have got this coach called Brendan McCullum nicknamed Baz. 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 And so they're playing Baz ball. And what they're trying to do, that's this aggressive style of cricket they play. And what they're trying to do at the moment is Baz light us. Who's that's <laughs> what they're doing. They are Baz lighting the nation of Australia by trying to pretend mm-hmm. that we're a bunch of cheats. And we have cheated in the past. We have. And we've atoned for that. Guys got suspended. It's been a long time since then. This was squarely within the rules of the game. And that's what everyone has said. Squarely within the rules of the game. But it wasn't cricket. And, mm. um, yeah, it just comes back to the English being the moral arbiters of what's right and what's wrong. Um, I mean, they invaded half the world. They conquered they're, half they're the world. They're just mad that they sent all the criminals to a better place. Yeah, yeah and, truly and, the criminals and they're still cranky about it. at sport mm-hmm. yeah. all the time. So they're frustrated yeah. about that. There were scenes that you just mentioned there where the players, Aussie players are coming back through the Lord's Long Room, which is where all the old toffs who pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to have membership um, can clap the players on and off. And basically they were abusing the shit out of the Australian team. Yeah. Well, it's not enough. in the spirit of cricket, though, yeah, is it? Yeah, it's not in the spirit of cricket either. So as I'll start getting serious now, they also have that. There were also massive racism allegations yeah. that rocked Yorkshire cricket and English cricket over the last couple of years, which basically all the old toffs ignored and didn't want to talk about. Somehow that's okay. That's in the spirit of cricket. But us just running the wicketkeeper out legally on day five because he's a big old dopey wicketkeeper who just walked out. <laughs> That's apparently against the spirit of cricket. So, Jeez. as you can tell, there's a lot of people fired up on both sides. They're still going hard. Yeah. They're calling us a bunch of cheats. Who's Stuart Same Broad? Same old Aussies always cheating. Stuart Broad. So, this that's the other one that's got people really going. Stuart Broad, he came out. He was the next man out after the guy got run out. And he was carrying on about pretending, like, can I leave my crease now? Can I leave my crease now at the end of the over? And he was sulking and winding up the crowd. And then he came out saying he never wants to win a game of cricket like yes, that. Okay. And it was terrible. did read that. Stuart Broad is famous for nicking a ball to first slip. So, like, if you nick a ball a tiny bit, it moves, you know, say it might move 50 centimetres or a metre over the course of the 30 metres it travels back to the wicketkeeper. Mm-hmm. Now, this at this time it was actually spin, so they were up a bit closer. But he nicked one to first slip, which is the next position on from wicketkeeper. So it's like say 10 degrees, 15 degrees further out. So you can't just feather the edge. If you hit it to first slip, it's properly hit. Like you've nicked it right Is off it the edge. Well the ball hit. changes direction 10 to 15 degrees and you go, okay, that ball's been hit. So he nicked one to first slip. Everyone knew it was out, but the umpire somehow made a mistake, didn't, didn't give it out and said didn't give it out. And so what would happen in the spirit of cricket is Stuart Broad knew that he was out. So he would just walk off and say, no, I, I, I'm out. He'd do the right thing and say, I actually hit that ball. The umpire didn't call it, but I did hit it. It was a legal delivery. I'm going to walk. Thank you very much. Which is what um, guys like Adam Gilchrist, he famously, our wicketkeeper, you know, years and years ago, famously walked after um, what he thought was out and it wasn't out. Oh, now, nice that's the spirit of cricket. Mm. But Stuart Broad, for example, coming out and talking about the spirit of cricket when he was literally out and basically illegally took advantage of that by pretending he wasn't out is just the richest, richest stuff. But, look, that's what the Poms do. And we go again. We should say that this is being recorded 
before Sunday. So yeah. people are probably enjoying the third test at Headingley. Who knows what I'm will sure have happened. There will have been explosions um, and there will have been people going toe-to-toe. But This is yeah. fascinating. I, I, I'm so about it now. Look, I got lost in the middle there. I, I did. I will say that. But yep. now oh, that the I'm flip back, of the glitch yeah, and the, and the, the slip, the slip like of the I'm disc. I'm pretty to know this. I don't yeah. know. But I will say <laughs> that I um, loved it. I learned mm. a lot. And yeah. when is the Netflix doco coming out? When are we going to see this well, so on screen? So you have the test. You have the Amazon, the test. I'm oh, not yes, sure if this yes. will make it in, but the test is really good. So... I'm sure this will make it in at some point. Uh, and I will, it will make for I'm, I'm interested. Any yeah. questions? Any things I missed or glossed over or you didn't wrap your head around? You did a really you good a, job. Yeah, you did okay. a great Bravo. job. Bravo. Yeah. And I'm actually interested. I'm now, actually so interested. I never thought I'd say that about cricket. <laughs> Look, I see a lot of similarities between the sports drama and reality TV. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got fans pulling out the receipts, looking back at scandals. You've got cheating. You've got ball tampering. You certainly do. You've got a bit of everything. <laughs> Certainly got it all. I'd argue it's as exciting, but you know, we'll see if you guys can stay up till three thirty a.m. for no. the remaining nights of Test cricket that we have to come <laughs> in the ashes. All right, now for our final story of the day, we are talking about someone whose name I had not heard of until today, Colleen Ballinger, mm-hmm. who is Miranda Sings. Yes. Yep, I believe. She is someone who you might describe as being from the deep, dark corners of the internet. Probably not that deep and that dark and probably yes. pretty popular. Yeah. Yeah, she's – the way I would describe Miranda Sings is a chronic theatre kid. Really, really big, especially I feel like maybe several years ago. Yeah. She was – I kept hearing about Miranda Sings and I never quite got onto the, the – um, the hype. It was a character, you know, she's got slicked, greased down hair. She's got a uh, big, you know, lipstick all over her face and she wants to be a singer, but she can't sing. And that's the character that Colleen Ballinger is playing, but she's actually quite a good singer. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so famous YouTuber has like 10 million subscribers on her Miranda Sings channel. There has been a lot of accusations coming out. And I feel like this is something that is very common with YouTubers. Uh, I feel like, you know, as someone who is chronically online, I see these things all the time where Onison, that was a big one back in the day. He he was a big groomer. He was very popular with um, with teenagers. He even had a YouTube channel where he got his teenage fans to send photos of themselves and then he rated them and would say if he would sleep with them. And that you can still see the videos. He still has them on his YouTube channel. Oh You've got God. Shane Dawson. Um, you had James Charles a couple of years ago had mm. some weird stuff coming out. So I'm really desperately hoping that Smosh and Curtis Connor are safe. <laughs> they seem like good boys, so I dearly hope Fingers so. Crossed. Jenna Marbles got out of the game so before anything could happen, but she's also an angel. Um, she can do no wrong. Anyway, so Colleen Ballinger has always had a lot of young fans and the rumours that are coming out is that it's, it's a f- – Grooming, maybe not necessarily any like major physical things happening, but there's definitely been a lot of exploitation and a lot of forming relationships with teenage fans. And that's been coming out. A guy that is now a YouTuber, his name's Adam McIntyre. He was a big fan of her when he was 14. And he said that he and her ended up talking to each other all the time. Um, She was 29 at the time. She would call him when she was having a crisis. Like it was just a very inappropriate Mm. relationship. 
Um, and he also did assistant work for her and mm. obviously just very exploited. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, he was the one that she sent underwear from a performance. Lingerie, yeah. yeah. So this just – I feel like if I went into everything she did, it would be a three-part series. But she's just oh, a background of grooming, exploitation, saying really fucked up racial shit on the set of her show. Um, what's it called? Haters. Back off. Mm. Haters back <laughs> off. Anyway, after all of this, after years, it's all come to a head like a big pimple. It's erupted everywhere. (laughs) The pus is everywhere. And she has responded to all of these outcries. She said, look, my PR team said, do not say anything. She said, well, they didn't say I couldn't sing about it. And it is a 10-minute ukulele video, which is both so funny and just so horrendous. It's something else. I remember I saw it first on TikTok and I thought it was a joke until I heard like, I can even think, hear it right now. Is it the Persian cat line? The Persian cat line, but also the one where she's like, not a groomer, just a loser. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, I've got, I've got the quote here. Ready? Not a groomer, just a loser. The only thing I've ever groomed is my two Persian cats. How bonkers is it that she thought, hey, I've got grooming allegations. Let's sing about it. That's what she does, right? She's Miranda Singh. She's just (laughs) staying true to form. It's the Always Sunny episode. Yes. What did he say? Um, He said something like, guys, we've got to write a song about how we don't diddle little kids. Yes. (laughs) That is literally what she did. Also, there's another thing, like, I don't know if we should mention it, but she, in the song, she even, like, body checks and does, like, stab me in my bony little back. And it's really fucking weird. That is weird. She's just, she... You did tell me she was homeschooled. She is very homeschooled theater kid energy. And I feel like this is definitely a thing with YouTubers because they're not quite in the public eye like celebrities. I feel like they get away with doing things underneath the surface and they're emotionally stunted because they've cultivated young fans and they're having constant interactions with these young fans and forming inappropriate relationships with them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like when we talk about grooming, it doesn't always mean in like a sexual context. It can mean just exploitation, like you mentioned earlier, and just having these inappropriate relationships. And she just, I think, really just wanted the validation of all these fucking children, which is really messed up. What a fucking strange world we find ourselves in. Truly. The internet world, 2023. Just not a nice person at all. Buck, I'm going to sound real boomy here. I worry. I worry for our future. Yeah, why do you worry, mm. Wendell? Because there's fucking 10 million kids watching this shit and being across this. Imagine trying to explain that to your parents, that whole thing. Like, I'm, I'm kind of across it, but imagine trying to explain the whole fucking drama and those people to your parents. Yeah, true that. But that's, that's just fucking normal for kids. Like, yeah. 12, 13-year-old kids are watching this shit, which sounds... I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm getting real boomery here, but these people living these lives on YouTube, kids are watching it thinking that is fucking normal. True, but I do think that there are some good elements. Like they, uh, I don't know, I do think that they're seeing someone being called out for shitty behaviour and that creates assertive little children, which isn't a bad thing. But you know, segue, because mm. this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately, as yeah. you're saying, people's lives being on the internet. I keep thinking about, you know, those poor kids. There's going to be so many documentaries. Mm. You know, those YouTube families and they document everything that is going on in their kids' lives. And kids can't consent to having – like I I even tell like, uh, you know, family members, I'm like, stop putting baby photos, Mm -hmm. your kids naked in the bathtub. Stop putting that online. 
And you've got these YouTubers, like everything that their kids are doing, how much those kids, like they've got a digital footprint before they've even created their own would you media. actually care though? I would yes. care. And the worst part is, is that parents are monetizing their children. And if the, what is the working relationship? What happens when they don't perform? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. they don't want to be in a video. It doesn't have the same rules that child stars on traditional networks have. Yeah. So what are they going to do? Like, how do they create those boundaries? I think we'll see. In and like there's going to be years. some laws coming in, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm. Food oh, for fuck. thought. If parents want to make money off three year old pictures of me in the bath. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Well, I don't think I don't yeah. want the whole world knowing when I got my period. Yeah, that's the stuff they do. Like it's personal stuff. Like, oh my god, my daughter Casey just lost her virginity she today. She became a woman. Like, no, legit. Imagine if your parents were like, "Here's when Wendell had his first wet dream." How weird that would <laughs> that be. How would you feel? I don't know. You'd be like, yeah, whatever. You're so normalized and used to it because that's your life is just on camera. And by the time I'm having a wet dream, I back myself to say, I don't want a fucking part of this. I'm out. I thought you just said you didn't care. I don't care about the three-year-old pictures of me in the bath. Gotcha. But when I get to like 10 or 11 and I start hanging out with other kids and I'm like, hmm, okay, this is actually pretty weird. But I'm old you, enough to mm. say I'm out. Like, I feel like at that age, you can say to your parents, no, I don't want to do that. But would your parents listen if they They probably, if they're making in, money. If they're making money. If they found an income from you as a child, mm. you're a commodity yeah. in some senses. Mm. Do you think they'd actually listen? Because I don't think they would. They might not listen, but then what do you do? You just fucking go, leave me alone every single time they try and film you. And nobody's going to want to watch that content because but, it then becomes extremely uncomfortable. That's true. Watch. But it just leads into like, I just think it leads into awkward territory when it's your parents. For sure. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. The power dynamic sort of things. But then again, at the same time, it's like, oh, you're, you have had to have your life aired in the public domain but you live in an incredible house and got to go to the best school and got to live whatever life you wanted to for the rest of it there's also that trade-off side of it as well you're wearing your devil's avocado shirt today (laughs) wendell (laughs) but if anybody does want home videos of me from back in the day reach out to the podcast um good i'm that will get lots and lots of emails Well, that is all we have time for this week in entertainment. It's been quite a big week. We've gone to yeah, all different areas doozy. of the entertainment world, but it's been good. good. Everything. Thank you. And thanks again mm. to our sponsors, Ben and Jerry's, for helping us tame the Sunday scaries. Thanks for listening and join us again next week on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.